Who has your Bible with you this morning? Amen. Open up to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Father, we thank you for your word today, that your word is alive, is a living thing, is a living reality. And Lord, as we put your word into our hearts, Lord, that we're changed from glory unto glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I got two Bibles up here today because a lot of Galatians is falling apart, so I kind of needed a little help there. (laughs) Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let's read that again. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I believe it's the NIV that says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Hallelujah. The gospel is good news. How many know that's what the word gospel means? It means good news. Not bad news. There's too much bad news going on. Good news. Hallelujah. When I look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus' ministry was about freedom. We see that one of the messages that Jesus preached was the message he preached in the book of Luke chapter 4. Verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. There's one thing the devil is afraid of is the anointing. You know why? Because what, what does the devil do? He, he, he causes burdens to be on people. Yokes to be on people. But what does Isaiah 10, 27 say? In that day, he's talking about, in the, of course, in the day we live, at the end of the, he goes on talking about the, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So the, the devil can work on somebody. He can work on a family lineage for years and decades and you know, centuries to put yokes there. But with a half a second, when the anointing of God comes, what's, what's going to happen? It's going to melt that thing away. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And so Jesus came preaching the good news to the poor. He said he was going to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives. Anyone who is bound, no matter what that bondage is, he preaches deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The year, what, what is that? That's the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee in the old covenant, every 50 years, everyone's um, things were returned well, here's the thing. Jesus is our jubilee. So I don't have to wait till, you know, what if you were like 30 and, and, and you said, oh man, the next jubilee, I'll be 80 years old. But no, Jesus is our jubilee. <clears throat> Jesus is our jubilee. So Jesus came preaching the good news. You know, one of our um, great documents, the Declaration of Independence, says this. It talks about life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, the, the Word of God is life to us today. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of liberty. How many know the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. There, there's a, there's a, a freedom that comes when He is manifest. Now, when the enemy is manifest, what is there? There's vexation. There, there's, there's trouble, there's bondage, because that's, that's the only thing the devil knows how to do. He doesn't know anything else. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, that they might have it to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus has come to do today. Thank you, Lord. So if you're a Judaizer today, you might not like this message. And we'll explain what that is. <laughs> if you're a Gnostic today, you might like not might not like this message. But if you want the truth of the gospel, you'll embrace this today. Amen. Every time that Paul went somewhere, 
he was always encountering these people that wanted to put people back into bondage and put people back under the law, put people back in circumcision. And like we said before, who would even answer that altar call? Okay, you're going to be circumcised again. No, that, but that's what religion does. It puts you in bondage. It, it puts you in this place where nothing is ever enough. Who, who's ever experienced that? Where, See, people come to, to church and they, they, they're looking to be... Now, I know I grew up in church where, um, thankfully, I really didn't hear any truth or I didn't hear any untruth. So there was nothing for me to unlearn. But a lot of people, they, they, they have this where it's, they're, they're under this condemnation. You know, you can, people can preach condemnation. You know, you filthy sinner, you know, you better get right with God. And, um, you know, what'd you do this week and, and uh, this and that. You know, the Spirit of God, He's the one that convicts. You know, I'm not the, the Holy Ghost apostle. I'm not the Holy Ghost police. And here's the thing, the Holy Spirit, he's not a condemning spirit either. Have you ever heard someone say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit, boy, he really condemned me over that. That's not the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit will convict you and convince you and show you the way. And and when you miss it, it's actually your own heart and your own spirit that will condemn you. Who's ever had your heart condemn you over something? And you're thinking, and you're kicking yourself, and you're like, oh, God. And, and what happens is you're condemned on the inside, and, and it causes you to weep. It causes you to, to cry out, and oh, God. But I found in my own life, many a time, even when I have been in a place of, of condemnation, in a place of guilt, but the Holy Spirit will lead me back, and He will comfort me. He will, he will console me, and He'll say, this is the way you walk back in it. Amen. And then... <clears throat> Like I say many times, you're either forgiven or you're not. You're either cleansed or you're not. So when, when the Holy Spirit cleanses you, he washes that away. Then I can lift up my head today. I can pray. I can minister as though I never made a mistake. Well, don't you know what you did? No, I'm forgetting it. <laughs> In Jesus' name. And the Lord causes us to, to go and live a life that's pleasing unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to preach on liberty or bondage. Liberty or bondage. Now, I could ask you, uh, make it a question, say, are you walking in liberty or bondage? But what God's called us to is live in the liberty of the gospel. The liberty. Hallelujah. To where we are free. So many people today are, are held in bondage. It can be for, other, for many reasons. But number one, just because of a lack of knowledge. Do you know that what the enemy does is he, bl- the Bible says, whom Satan, who, who blinds the minds of those that believe not. So if he can keep people from hearing the gospel, he can keep you in darkness. He blinds the minds of those that believe not. What does that verse go on to say? Lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine unto them. The gospel is, is light. What, what does light stand for? Light stands for truth. So when that light comes, you know, how many times have you ever told somebody, you're talking to them on the phone, and, and, and they say something, and you, you say, oh, I see what you mean. Well, you didn't really see words in the air, maybe, or, or see, but you saw in your spirit, in your mind's eye. Why? Because that's what truth does. And so I don't care how many devils of hell try to hold you bound and to keep you back. They cannot stop the light. When the light of the gospel comes in. And you believe it. I don't care how many devils. They, they, they have no power to stand against that word. Thank you Lord. So that's why this morning. We're just going to take the gospel trumpet. We're going we're gonna to shoot it out there. The sounds of that. Amen. Hallelujah. But then some have left the liberty of the gospel. To go back into religion and tradition. It happens all the time. And so what happens is the enemy comes in and he uses other people to to grab people and pull them away. Oh, you're not going to that church, are you? Oh, you're not going to, you know, oh, not another day of freedom and liberty. You know, not another day. You know, can't we hear the, the crack of the Egyptian whips again? You know, you know, can't we go back and spend one, you know. It's like Pharaoh, you know, when do you want these uh, frogs to be moved out of here? 
Now, what would you think a, a sensible person would say? You've been having frogs in the oven, frogs in, in your pantry, frogs everywhere in the fridge and, and frogs in the bed everywhere. He says, okay, when do you want me to inquire of the Lord for these frogs to go? Tomorrow. <laughs> One more night with the frogs. I mean, why in the world? Amen. But you know, you can get used to, to, to things binding you and, and you, that, that feels normal. And, and you think that it's normal. But when the Lord removes the burden, whom the Son is set free, the Bible says, is free indeed. So I want you to turn over to John chapter 8 where that passage is located. John chapter 8. Amen. I just want to exhort you a little bit today. See, that's why the Bible says stand fast in the liberty. Because you have to. You have to, you have to make a decision. I'm going to stand in this truth. I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to hold on to it. Look in um, John 8, verse 30. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, saying, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Truly I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So the Lord wants us to walk in liberty. The gospel is good news. Amen. No more bondage. You know, as, as we said, religion is a shackle. But Jesus always brings liberty. Now I want you to look in the beginning of this chapter, in chapter 8. I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see the, the gospel. I want you to see who Jesus is. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, you, when you read that, it, it makes you think, in the very act, what were they doing? I mean, how did they know that she was in the very act? You know, they had to be watching. And uh, it says, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? You could hear them just in their religious tone of voice. Now Moses says this, but what do you say? But this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, how about it, preacher? What do you say? He lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. You know, like, like one preacher said, maybe he was writing on the ground, who were you with yesterday? You know, they were accusing him, accusing this woman. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience, they went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned you? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So Jesus didn't condemn her, but he didn't condone what she did either. And so that, that's what Jesus, that's the message of Jesus. He says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. 
We, we see in other places where the Bible says, go and sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. So we have to, to make a decision. Yes, neither does he condemn me, but I go and sin no more. I go a different path. He frees us so we can go a different path. Can you say amen? So Jesus brings liberty. I want you to go um, flip back a couple pages in John chapter 4. Now I got a lot of, lot of scripture for you in a short time, so just hold on. Amen. <laughs> Look in verse 7 of John chapter 4. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria to him, How is it you, being a Jew, ask of me, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Other translations say that we don't even drink out of the same pot. Now we, we see a lot of things going on. We see... Um, different attitudes that, that were going on here. Um, we see that she was prejudiced as well. You know, who are you, you know, coming to us? You know, you, you don't even have dealings with us. And he says, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. Oh, sorry, uh, verse 10. Jesus answers unto him, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, then you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Amen. It's such a powerful verse. If you knew the gift of God, then you would have asked, and then he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Amen. What, what is the, the, the presence of God in our life? What is the Word of God? It's living water. Living water. That's why you can minister to somebody and, and they, they, they are touched by the presence of God in the anointing and people will look at you and say, what is this? It's living water. Well, I've been in church all my life. Well, they have, they've never had that living water though. There, there's something that comes on the inside when that living water Amen. How, how many, went, the first time you heard the word of God, the, the living word, it just grabs a hold of you. You think, oh my goodness, where have I been? The presence of God hits you and touches you. In that living water. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinks of this water, shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up in everlasting life. See, that's why we've said that when you're born again, there's a well. There's a well. What is that well there for? For you to drink. And you drink of the Spirit of God. But there's also... The baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak with other tongues. What is that for? That's not just for you. That's for your whole city. Amen. We're not going to change this city with just, you know, just some dry little um, well on the inside of us. We have to have living water. Rivers, the Bible says, of living water. What is that? That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost in fire. We sang that song. Yeah. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I've got to have more. Yeah. Amen. I've got to have more. Yeah. Amen. Never get to the place where you're, you're satisfied. Never get to the place where you say, you know what? I believe I've got all of God. Well, that, that will be the place where you stop. That'll be the place where you get off the exit and you, you go and you just start scrambling for cheese and crackers. But let me tell you, when you start staying in the fullness of the Holy Ghost, when you stay in the fullness, ha, 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 it's going to just bubble up on the inside. It's going to bubble up from within. It's going it's to just shake a whole region. It's going to shake everybody around you. It's going to cause others to drink. 
Amen. It's, it's going to cause all the cattle to drink. And I'm not calling people cattle, but it's going to cause every person to drink. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So the woman said, sir, give me this water. I mean, she's getting really interested about it now. That I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said to her, go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And he whom thou, thou hast is not thy husband. In that says thou truly. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Why? Because he, he just told everything that had been happening in her life. Said, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said in her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what, but we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes and now is. When the true worshipers. Now, who is the Lord looking for today in this place? He's looking for true worshipers. Everyone say true worshipers. He says, the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I am he says, I that speak unto thee am. So basically, what was he saying? Just like Moses, I am. Who, who's this speaking to you? I am. And what's he doing? He's giving this living water. And so when we come into the, to the things of God, we come into the, the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then we, we partake. And then when we, we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we go to another level. And we, we come into that place. But then people draw back. People draw back because of persecution. People draw back because, uh, oh, you know, don't go to that church. Don't go to that place. Uh, you know, they're just, they're just emotional. Don't, don't go over there. And what the enemy does is he begins to steal from people. And people begin to draw back. But he says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And don't go back and be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Jesus ministering to this woman says, the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, you know, even in our worship, you know, people, people get, they start feeling like they get advanced. And so now we're going to go back and we're going to worship like they did in the old covenant. We're going to put up the, the tabernacle of David. We're going to do this. Do you know that the Old Testament was written to spiritually dead people? Don't try to go back and have services like they did. Amen. The Bible says we're supposed to serve in, in, in the spirit, not just in the letter. You know, people can get so wordy that they miss God. Amen. Because remember what happened? Jesus is, is talking to these people. who They were scriptorians. They studied the Bible, the, the word of God, what they had at the time. This was their full-time job, you know. What do you do for a living? I, I study the Bible. I study. And that's what they did. And Jesus talking to them said, search the scriptures. I mean, I was like slapping them with a wet dish rag. <laughs> search the scriptures for you think in them you have eternal life, but they're the ones that point to me and you won't come to me that you'll have life. And, and of course, they, they went away that, that day not having received because they argued. Amen. When people want to argue the Bible, let it be just a one-person show. Because... <laughs> No, because here's the thing. Do you know that you, you cannot impart revelation to another human being? Have you ever wanted to? Have you ever just wanted to just like, you know, take something the top of someone's head and just like unscrew it? And you just want to pour something, you know, it's like, it's like you're going to see it or else. But you cannot make another person see truth. 
And the more you try, the more you're getting away from the Holy Ghost. You're getting away from the Spirit because He is not a forcer. He's not a coercer. Amen. You know, I, I think a lot of us, we just need like, like, like our pastor says, talking about the gift of faith. You know, we just need this. I, I think a lot of us, you wish you could do this. He said like the gift of faith is like you, you taking someone, unscrewing their, their, their head, taking them up, pouring out everything that's of them and that's of the flesh, standing them back up on their feet, taking a, a jug of God's high-octane faith, pouring it in them, screw their head back on, and then they go out and do what God's called them to do. Amen. That's the gift of faith. Where the, you know, the Bible talks about Samuel. It talks about Saul. How many remember Saul? It said that he, he's turned into another person. Is Saul one of the prophets? Wow, he got around that anointing and he changed into another person. Amen. That's why, how do I spell relief? R-E-V-I-V-A-L. When, when you get in, in the presence of God, when you get in revival meetings, I'll tell you what it is. There's three things. Association, environment, and influence. That's what happens. The associations you're around, th- that's going to determine which way you go. The, the environment you're around, that's what happened with Saul. Now Saul was backslid, but he still, he got up and prophesied. And then influence. Hallelujah. And there's many things you could say there, but just even the things you listen to, the, the music that you allow to come into your spirit. That, 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 remember, that's what happened. We see um, the prophet say, bring me a minstrel. That was a musician. Bring me a minstrel. And he, he even said, you know what? If it wasn't for, for this king, he says, I wouldn't have anything to do with you. But bring me a minstrel. And it said, as he played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. The hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember reading um, something that Brother Kenneth Hagin said one time. He said he was in a meeting. He said, thank God for music. And, and, you know, music is the ministry of helps. Why? Because it helps facilitate the anointing. He, he was talking. He said that, thank God for the right song because you can have the wrong song and kill it. I've seen it in service where you can just kill the thing. And, um, yeah, we're not talking about hearsay. We're talking about, you know, we see it with our own eyes. And so, but you have the right song and, and it facilitates it. He said he was in a meeting one time and he told the choir and the band, he said, now this is like in the 50s, he said, sing, sing something right now. He said, I feel the, the, the prophet, he, he, he said he could feel the, the prophetic ministry, the, the, the anointing of the prophet coming on him. So they sang one of Amy Silver McPherson's songs called Preach the Word. He said he got up and prophesied for three hours. What is that? That's environment. Amen. By having the right environment. Hallelujah. So I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 2. Everyone say liberty. Liberty. Look in Galatians chapter 2. And verse 2 says, And I went up by revelation. Now what does that mean? That means that the Lord led him. He said, I went up to this one place. It was revealed to him by the Spirit that he should go there. And that's why we need the, the Holy Spirit like never before. That we, we don't just do something just off the top of our head. He says, I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should have run or had run in vain. But neither Titus who was with me being a Greek was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So notice, even Paul dealt with this. You know, read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 sometime. You'll see all the things that Paul went through. One of the things he talked about was this. He talked about false brethren. 
He talked about false apostles. He t- there, Paul dealt with so many different people that had hid, hidden agendas, ulterior motives. And don't think that, you know, don't think that just because, you know, someone's in church that they're an angel. Amen. It could be a pitchfork too. So that's why the Bible says that you judge things by their fruit. You know, we should be fruit inspectors. Amen. Don't just, don't just be like a bird that, you know, like a baby bird. It's got his mouth open and his, and his eyes closed. Amen. I'm going to do like the Bible says. I'm going to watch and pray. Amen. I'm, I'm going to be watching. Amen. It's just being spiritually attentive and smart. And that's what God wants us to be. But notice he says, these false brethren came in who came in to spy out our liberty. Why? Because they wanted to put them back in bondage. To whom we didn't even give place. Look down in uh, verse number 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. So, When we talk about liberty or bondage, this is what we have to always be on the guard against in our life, spiritually. Because what the enemy wants to do is to bring us back under bondage. Not just sin, but even the law. Keep reading. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then is Christ dead in vain. So we see this all throughout where, where Paul dealt with these, these people that wanted to, to bring people back in the law. You know, if you read the book of Acts chapter 15, we have the, this great council at Jerusalem where they're determining where their people should be put back under the law. That was the big deal. This was a huge deal. Because <clears throat> people wanted to bring them back. You know, that's not enough. You, you have to be circumcised again. You have to go back under the law. And, and Paul says, no, it's the faith of Christ. It's the faith in Christ that saves us. It's the same thing with people that try to do penance. You cannot do penance for your sins. One person paid for my sins, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And and the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man. The man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) People want to say they're the man. I tell you, there's one, the man. His name is Jesus. Amen. Do you know that even today, There is a man seated at the right hand of God. Think about it. There is a man. He's the God man. 100% God, 100% man. Well, how can he do that? Well, he's God. But he operated on this earth as a man, anointed by the Holy Ghost. So I want you to notice here, though. He says, I don't frustrate the grace of God. You know, you, the Bible tells us that you can frustrate the grace of God. The Bible tells you you can receive the, the grace of God in vain. You can receive things in vain. That's why I look at what, in chapter 3. He goes on to say, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Who, who put a spell on you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now what's the answer to that? Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's by the hearing of faith. He says, are you so foolish Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect 
by the flesh. So, you know, when you, here's the thing. When you walk in the Spirit, you walk by faith, you cannot go back. You're not going to be made perfect by the flesh. We, we can't, you can't go back, you know, and, and pretend that, that, you know, I don't know. This is a very serious matter because there's people that through whatever it is, it can be family, it can be persecution, it can be whatever, people go back. And act like they never knew. And that is a serious matter, brother and sister. <laughs> and so that's why when you, when you see truth, when you see the light, we're, we have to walk in the light. Amen. When, when you get revelation, I'll just use something simple as the baptism in the Holy Spirit because it causes consternation with people. But when you, when you see the truth and you speak in tongues... You can't go back. You can't go back and say, well, you know, I'm, yeah, I speak in tongues. And, you know, you have a lot of people that are like, they're like secret, you know, about it. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, or even in church. Well, yeah, we believe in this. And, but, you know, meet us after the service and we'll go in the back room and, and introduce you to him, to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we don't want to. I, I'm more concerned about offending him than I am other people. <laughs> if people get offended, then, you know, so be it. It's the truth. The truth. Because I decided long ago, there's, there's one person I'm going to stand before, and it's not you. It's not my wife. It's not anyone else. I'm going to stand before the Lord to answer. What did I do with the call of God? Notice what he says. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain. He therefore that ministers unto you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. See, this should be good news today because I don't have to go back under the law. I don't have to go back and, and keep every single law. He believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Verse 11 says that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But let me, let me say this. When you talk about this, we are free. And this is one thing that Paul dealt with. And he dealt with people. He said that you, when you're, you're born again, when you're free, he said don't use that for an occasion to the flesh. It's not, well, oh, thank God I'm free and now I can just sin. That's not being free. That's in bondage. So what he, he, he tells them, hey, you've been set free. Now use that freedom to serve one another. Use that freedom to love one another. Because here's the flip side of that. Sometimes you talk to people and, and you start talking about uh, the things of the Spirit and you talk about walking in the Spirit versus walking in the flesh. And people, they get upset with it. And they say, well, you know what? I'm not going to be religious. Because we believe in, when we talk about not being religious, what are we talking about? We're talking about just the formality. We're talking about just the, the outer shell of having a relationship with God, but there's, there's no heart contact. There's nothing that's going on. There's, there's, you're not born again. You know, there's people, there's even people that are ministers, they're not even born again. How do you lead people to the Lord? How do you people lead people through the, the, the Word of God and you're not even... You're not eating the family of God. So what happens, though, is people, um, they, they, now we know it's, it's a work of the Spirit of God. We know the Spirit of God is the one that changes us. We can't change anybody. But what happens is, you know, people will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, not going to be religious. Well, there's a difference between being religious and being carnal. So God doesn't want us to be religious, but he doesn't want us to be carnal either. Well, you know, I'm not going to be religious, um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm living in all this sin. Well, that's, that's, that's being bound. Amen. I'm not talking about that. So when I say don't be religious, I'm not talking about, you know, people carrying on and, and living in sin. I'm talking about living in the freedom of the gospel. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. So he says here, the just shall live by faith. And I want you to just turn over to chapter 4. 
But see, this is such a recurring theme all through this, this book because he's dealing with righteousness by the law versus faith, and he's dealing with this subject where they wanted to, to bring them in and say, you know what? You got born again, and you accepted Jesus, but that's not enough. You've got to go back under the law. And, and they were saying, oh, no. And Paul, Paul dealt strongly with these people, these Gnostics I was talking about. And that's who these Judaizers were. They're, they're, hey, no, you've got to go back in, into the law. You've got to go back into Judaism. Now, if you don't think that's not serious, read the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews talks about these, these Christians that would go back. And basically what happened is, is they would denounce Christ by saying that, that, that Jesus' blood was not holy and actually commit what we call the sin unto death. But look over in um, Galatians chapter 4. Is everyone okay? But uh, Verse 4 of chapter 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. Hallelujah. Who's glad to be a a son and daughter of the Most High today? He says, and if a son, you're an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Now look at verse 9. But now after you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements? The, the margin of my Bible says the rudiments of this world. And desire again to be in bondage. So what was happening? They were going back. They were going back. He says, how, how can you turn again from the truth? How can you turn again to the weak and the beggarly elements of, of tradition and religion and desire again to be in bondage? So what is he going to say? Verse five, chapter 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't be entangled again. Now, now we just think of sin, but there's more than, to it than that. Now, I want you to just keep reading here in chapter 5. And we're, we'll spend the rest of our time here mostly. He says in verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Why, get it, why even be born again? If you're going to go back under the law. If you're going to go back and keep the law. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you, notice this, are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. You are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision. So what matters? Here's what, here's what Paul is saying. Circumcision doesn't matter. Uncircumcision doesn't matter. But this one thing, a new creature. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he says, but faith, which works by love. So what matters? Faith. Faith in Christ. So that, that's, that was the whole thing that these people were coming back. That, that yes, you did that, that's good, but you still have to keep the law. But Paul said no. He said, that doesn't avail anything, circumcision or uncircumcision, but here's what matters, faith which works by love. So what is the gospel? The gospel is Christ died for us and I believe, and that settles it. I don't have to work for it. Paul says this, you did run well, who did hinder you? There's many people, they've run the race, but someone else began to hinder them. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. That's not from the Holy Ghost. 
A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he be. And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Look in verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Say this, I've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love you serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, he says, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say that walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things you would. Do you know it's the same way with trying to keep the law? And, and, and just, what, what do you mean by that? I don't mean that the, the Bible says the law is good. The law is good. Paul said so. All of the word of God is good. But what they're trying to do is do it separate from faith in Christ. How many know that's, that's the, the, the whole crux? Faith in Christ is what makes us right. Not by me keeping all these things. And so notice he goes on to say, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And notice he says, these are contrary the one to the other so you cannot do the things that you would. So just like you, you can't keep the law and do the um, be a believer and by the faith of Christ, the same way you can't walk in the spirit and walk in the flesh at the same time. And I'm not going to read all this, but he goes on to talk about the works of the flesh. And then he goes on in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live, and, and that word lust just means strong desire. So, you know, people, their mind just goes in one area, but there's many strong desires the flesh has. Like sleeping in on Sunday morning. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> and he says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So this is one thing that, how we see a difference in the, um, the new covenant and the old covenant. The Bible says, I'm going to write the word on the tablets of their heart. How do you know that something, you, you may not even know a certain scripture, but you know on the inside that's wrong or that's right because you have a witness, because God writes that on the table of your heart. And you'll know that, that no, stay away from this, stay away from that. We have to learn to be led from within and not just led from, from circumstances and led from without and outside. And so, but here's one of the things, and I thought this as a believer myself. Walking in the Spirit, you do it by the help of the Spirit. You do it by the Holy Ghost. You know, who's ever tried to, to live a holy life in the flesh? How many know that's it's discouraging? You know, you just, by willpower, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, and you just, you have to do it by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat this. I'm, I'm not going to eat that, that cheesecake. I'm not going to eat the cheesecake. Your mind only thinks of one thing, cheesecake. It doesn't think on the word not. It doesn't even know the word not. It just hears the word cheesecake. I'm not going to have that. But you know, here's the thing. You don't, you don't live a holy life by, by trying to, uh, I'm not going to do this. You, do, you live a holy life by what you concentrate on by putting something into practice. You know, it's like people say all the time, you know, it's not just about vision, it's about systems. You know, whether you're, you're a business and you're putting things into, you know, you can talk about vision and that's important, having the overall vision, but until you put the systems in place, that's what's going to cause you to increase. That's what's going to cause you to grow. Well, I want to be a, 
I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be a better Christian this year. Well, that's good and fine. But how are you going to get there? Well, you know, we're going we're gonna to take this ministry to another level. Okay, how are you going to do it? Well, you know, I'm going to get in shape this year. Okay, that's good. How are you going to do it? That means, I'm, that means you're going to go to the gym in the morning. That means that you're going to, I'm going to be a better Christian this year. Okay, that means you're going to read your Bible. You're going to start reading a chapter a day. That means you're going to start praying. That means you're going to start waiting on God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So the enemy always wants to take people back to bondage, back to Egypt, as we said, which is a type of sin, back to circumcision, back to the law. And I want you to look over at 2 Peter chapter 2. I believe these words are ringing out and should ring out. Stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast in the liberty. 2 Peter chapter 2. We said this. We said that the enemy will use people to try to pull you away. That's one of the first things when we see that people are not in church anymore. We, okay, we, we look at it and we say, what, who got a hold of them? Whether we say it out loud or not, you look and you think, who got a hold of them? Well, we know it's the enemy. But who did he use? Look at 2 Peter 2, verse 17. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of a whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. You know, people can promise a lot of things, but if, when they... They promise these things. If they're overcome, that same person is going to bring them in bondage. For after they have, if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. You know, that's a sad thing and a sad reality, but that can happen. So, always be careful when, when people try through, you know, the Bible talks about through, um, that people through fair speeches and good words now, that's not good words like we use. <laughs> that's like deception. What do people do? Through good words, they try to allure people and try to pull people away. What do people do on the job when, when, they're, when they're about to leave or, you know, they, 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 um, they're going to quit and they want to sow some discord? What do they do? Start putting words. And that's when you just have to realize, you know, that's one thing in a church setting, especially, we have a, a, a policy and it's a zero, zero allowance when, when people want to, uh, now, you know, people are always give their opinions and, you know, we don't just like shut down. But if people are going to um, try to draw people away, you know, we're, we just, we can't put up with that, you, you know, in just dissension, so in dissension. And that's what, you know, the Bible talks about Proverbs, those that sow discord among brethren. And so the enemy will try to use people to bring people in bondage. And, you know, one other thing is, as I was just meditating on this, even like concerning prophecy, you know, that's one of the things that you should always look for. Do, do the prophecies produce bondage or liberty? Now, there's several different things you can look at to see if it's of God. But that's one of the things you can look at. Does it produce liberty or bondage? Now, I'm not saying that the Lord won't, the Lord will pull your chain. The Lord will correct you. And so don't think he won't. And don't think, well, you know, that was a hard word, so that must not have been God. You know, people think, people think, well, you know, 
that pastor was, that, that word was a little bit too rough. And so that's not God. No, God knows when you need something. And he knows you need something a little rough sometimes. Who, who thinks they need no correction in life? We need correction in life. But, but I'll give you an example. There was this one lady, she, she went to this prayer group. And she said, you know, someone asked, said, how's the prayer group going? Well, you know, it's pretty good, but um, it's really just turned into a prophesying group. And all we do is ever get there and, and people just prophesy over one another. And, and, and the lady said, you know, and the bad thing about it is all I get is bad ones. <laughs> and, um, you know, one time the, the, the person prophesied that, that my husband was going to leave in six months. And, well, did that happen? No, it's been 12 months and we're happily married. I said, well, you know, yeah, that's not too, too hard to judge. But, you know, things like that, they produce bondage. You know, that's why the Bible tells us when it comes to prophecy, judge prophecy. Well, you know, I thought if it was God, it would be right. Well, it's not exactly God. It's, it's a person yielding to the Holy Spirit or endeavoring to yield to the Holy Spirit. So how many know that you can miss it? As a, as a human, I, I, I've missed it. And so, you know, don't fall off your chair if someone misses it. But that's why you have to judge it by the word and you have to judge it by the witness of your own spirit. You know, someone come up and say, you know, John, thus saith the Lord, and, and gives him a word and says, you know, next, next year you're going to be in Rwanda and you're going to be ministering and you're going to be a missionary. The first thing his wife would say, you better pray. And, uh, and then John would be checking out. But, what, you know, what if he didn't have that witness in his spirit? What should he do? Then he should just say, okay, thank you, and, and just put it on the shelf. Why? Because God's not going to bypass you and not speak to you about what he's called you to. He's going to put it on the inside. So prophecy is not just going to be information. It's going to be confirmation. It's going to confirm what's already on the inside of you. It's like one, one person came to one of my instructors in Bible school, and his, his name was um, B.J. Watts. And this is what he said, Brother Watts, Brother Watts, uh, I got a word for you. And he started, you know, just going off and, he says, if it ministers to you, fine. If not, forget it. Forgotten is what he said. <laughs> Just said it right there in front of the, the student, you know. Amen. Because you don't want to, do you know there's been people, their lives have been ruined because of a false prophecy. They buried the wrong person because someone said they could, they should. You know, you're the one that has to live with that person. And so you want to make sure that you got the right one. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're saying that the Holy Spirit, he's always going to lead us into liberty. He's going to lead us in liberty. I'm going to give you one scripture here. People are just looking at me like, when are you going to be done? <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 5 and 6. He says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. Everyone say that. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. See, that's what they were doing in John 8. They were saying, Jesus, this is what happened. What do you think about this? What should happen to this woman? The letter kills. And see, God has not called you to be the apostle of correction. God's not called us to be apostles of correction to the body. And the letter kills. You can shoot people with Bible bullets and wound them really good. But you have to have the love and the spirit with that. You know, you know a lot of times people know when they've made a mistake. They know when they've missed it. And so you coming and just you know, raining on their parade, you have to do, be led. You know, there's a lot of things that may need to be said to someone, but it might not be the time. <laughs> you know, you have to have the discretion and wisdom intact of when to say something. And all the husbands and wives said, amen. amen. <laughs> when you think, you know, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Well, <laughs> you better not. They may have a frying pan in their hand. 
But then look over in verse 15. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So that's what we want to make. We want to make the River Church a place where the spirit of God can have his way. Amen. That we're not just so focused on being so heady and being so in our mind that we can allow the Holy Ghost to do something on the inside of us and stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your people. Lord, I just thank you for the anointing that removes every burden, destroys every yoke of bondage. And Lord, we just thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being in the body of Christ. Lord, that, that even as your word says that righteousness comes by faith and not by the works of the law. Thank you, Lord, you made it so easy for us. And Lord, we just stand fast today in the liberty. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're, you're the spirit of liberty. That you're not a spirit of bondage. You don't cause us to walk in bondage. But you cause us to walk in freedom. And we love you.